15 minutes ago, the world changed. Companies are microchipping their workers. Robots are hiring humans. And brain-to-brain -brain communication is a thing. This is all happening now. If you want to know what happens next, listen to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Many times I've said that anybody who tries to help you with your employer brand or sell you some sort of employer brand setup, solution, product, service, whatever you want to call it, consultancy, who cares? Anybody who tries to sell you it without defining it is clearly just trying to grab you by the ankles and shake till the money falls out of your pockets. I think that's rude. I think the fact that we haven't kind of nailed down a shared collective sense of what the employer brand is and what it means uh, really makes the an industry ripe for use car salesman-like tactics. Let me put it that way. And I, in fact, I was talking to Glassdoor the other day because we they were chatting, uh, and I said, you know, that you spent so much time and money trying to convince everybody that Glassdoor ratings equals employer brand. And they nodded. And they said, yeah, we absolutely did. And they're pivoting away because they realize that that no longer comes anywhere close to flying anymore, which is great. Um, like I said, I have, I have friends at Glassdoor. I have issues with Glassdoor in that sense that they're trying to pretend to be, you know, you, need, you have employer brand problems. Glassdoor is the answer. And Twitch I would say, uh, maybe not. Anywho. <laughs> but you have to define what we mean by employer brand before you start selling services and, product, and products and solutions and all that good stuff. And usually this, the definition that I go with is one that I've heard other people use. I don't think I've invented it out of whole cloth. I have my own spin on it. I have my own play on it. But I do like to define it up front, whether it's a presentation or a webinar or a sales pitch or whatever it is. Here's what employer branding is. It is the shared collective individual perceptions and expectations of what it's like to work at a company. Remember, that is each individual human being has their own perceptions. And when you aggregate it together, you have it, oh, this is what's called an employer brand. And that employer brand comes from, that perception comes from any number of experiences and touch points and communication points and blah, 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 blah. And that is a solid definition of employer brand. But... There's always a but. Oh, there's always a but. But there's more to it than that, isn't there? Because when you start to think about your employer brand, you start to very quickly realize that you are going to be in a lot of pain and a lot of hurt if you are trying to, to explain to a general population what it's like to work there. Let's say it's a hospital. Are you telling me what it's like to work there as a doctor versus what it's like there to work as an orderly versus what it's like to work there as a nurse are the same? No, of course not. And I would be a fool to suggest that. So we have a bit of a problem. Unless you're trying to create 7,000 employer brands or you know, however many different kind of departments and offices and locations and jobs you have, which has been a strategy I've seen play out. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's a strategy. And if you want to go for it, go for it. But I might have a different different take on it. And it's surprising to me. It's, it's one of those ideas. I was reading a book and I kind of went, huh, what about that? And the more I mulled on it, the more I wanted to talk about it. So that's what we're going to talk about, a better potential definition or way of describing what employer brand is right after this. Welcome to the Talent Cast the world's most caffeinated employer brand podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis, and I've been doing employer brand for years now, and I absolutely love the industry. I love how it's growing. I love how it's changing. 
and I've tried to do my part to elevate the concept, to get everybody to understand the power employer brand can have in hiring, attracting, and retaining talent. So we try to really focus on driving home the idea that this is a calling and a craft. It's a lot of getting your hands dirty, but it's also a lot of big strategic thinking. And that's where we kind of live, that kind of uh, Venn diagram, the intersection between those the big ideas and the getting the details right. So we talk a lot about employer brand and how to do it right and how to think about it and how to look at your problems in a whole new way. Ready to rock? One, two, three, let's go. Hey, how you doing, James Ellis? Uh, coming to you recorded live from Chicago, as per usual. Uh, housekeeping, go sign up for the newsletter. I think in the next week or two, we're going to crack 1,000 subscribers. I'm super pumped for that. I haven't written this week's yet. I am a little behind. I will be doing that just after I finish recording this. I just got back from a couple of days off, so the email inbox is looming. I'm just going to put that right there. I thought I tried to record a podcast in advance to make sure I kind of had clear decks when I walked back in. I hated it, so I'm re-recording a whole different thing. So here we are. Uh, otherwise, yeah, um, the Ask Me Anything office hours, oh my goodness, thank you so much all for for jumping in and, and, and grabbing time, just having amazing conversations. If you have questions, if you have challenges, if you'd like me to just be a second set of eyeballs to your employer brand type questions, I'm right here. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and schedule your 15 minutes. And remember, they're your 15 minutes, so we'll talk about whatever you want. You don't have to listen to me. Anywho, so let's talk about that definition. So the thing that is missing from that definition, and remember one more time, that definition is the in, the aggregated individual perceptions of what it's like to work there based on any number of touch points and experiences is your employer brand. And that's a lot of polished language, and you see how quickly it rolls off the tongue. It's almost like I've said it a thousand times, by the way. I probably have. Great, and it's fine. The trick is it presumes a level of rationality, and it presumes a level of higher level thinking that as if all human beings are rational, right? If you meet an economist, they all say, okay, all people are rational and they all work based on rational evidence and that, therefore you can predict what people do. And then, of course, you actually meet people and you go, <laughs> that's not happening. So it's not so much that people aren't rational. It's just people don't always realize when they're not being rational. And why do they, are they not being rational? Well, if you look at the biology, you've got the big old frontal lobe, i.e. the personality, the brain, the higher level thinking, the stuff that does math the stuff that decides who to vote for, the stuff that, um, you know, that, that, that figures out how to debug your problem with your router, the, the, the big stuff, right? Taxes and dry, buying a car and all the heavy-duty lifting stuff like work, right, is all in the frontal lobe. It's, it's systems and processes and, and decision-making and all that good stuff. And behind that is the... Um, is the, I can't remember what, there's three stacks of them, but anyway, the one is, is kind of an emotional and one is the fight or flight, right? The, the lizard brain, right? The, the, some people call it the monkey brain, I guess. Uh, you know, the, you're, 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 you're spooked and sparked and because all impulses and all information flows through the brain almost in an evolutionary fashion, meaning you feel, start with that lizard brain and then you hit the monkey brain and then you hit the people brain. If the lizard brain or the monkey brain gets stuck on something and freaks out, it never actually gets up to the higher level thinking. You don't even realize that you're not using your rational part of your brain. Funny thing about the brain is the brain hates the fact that you made decisions without being rational. For whatever reason, it likes to think it's very rational. Uh, as Tom uh, Robbins once said, 
uh, not Tom Peters and not Tom Jones and not Tony Robbins. Tom Robbins, who wrote uh, Woodpecker Blues. Is that what I'm doing? Even, you know, even Cowgirls Get the Blues. I think that's their book. He goes, you know how your brain is the smartest organ in your body, the smartest thing in your body? Who told you that? Your brain. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, that's a non-biased narrator. Anyway. So you, you don't even realize that you're not be, making rational decisions. Your brain will actually go back and apply and assign rational explanations as to why you wanted that thing. Uh, it's really hilarious. They have all sorts of experiments that show that. But anyway, the thing that's in the middle there is that monkey brain, that emotional brain, where the emotions lie. Emotions are not high, higher level stuff. Uh, we're not talking about uh, fight or flight. We're talking about happy, sad. F- you know, yes, there's some thr- uh, f- uh, threatening stuff in there, but it is some fear, but it's also some desire, want, need to be loved, need to be feel accepted, all your standard Maslow hierarchy type stuff. Your emotion stuff changes perception, right? If you are feeling good and you're having a good day and you're given news, you will deal with that news differently than if you're feeling bad. Just how you're feeling tempers and colors the news as it travels into your higher level thinking brain where you decide what to do with it. Why does any of this stuff matter? Well, because if you say your employer brand is what people think it must be like to work there, What's below that? So what? They think it's hard, fun, simple, easy, collaborative, uh, dynamic, creative. Apply, apply your adjective at will. They think it's that. So what? Right? If I think that working at your company is boring, so what? Maybe I like boring. What do I feel about boring? How do I react, How do I react to boring? Is there a way I could say, you know what? That job seems boring, but it affords me certain opportunities. Like maybe it gives me more free time. Maybe it gives me time to work on some other project while I'm at work, right? It, it allows me to decide what I want to do. And that emotional stuff is what makes me feel good about it. If you can say, look, yeah, sure, the job is boring, but think of all this good stuff you'll be able to do. Think of all the free time you'll have. Think of all the time you'll spend with your family. Think of all the extra side hustle projects. Hey, James, you're a podcaster. You could podcast more episodes. I'm sorry. Don't worry, everybody. I won't podcast more. I'm just, I've hit my limit. Thanks. Don't worry. It's okay. This is as much as I'm going to do. You know, there's, you know, you use the emotions to say, yeah, 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 it's boring, but this is how it boring could make you feel. And that's really where I think we have an open opportunity from an employer brand standpoint to leverage emotions. It's not so much that what do you want to make somebody feel, but maybe you spin it and say, what does it feel like to work here? It's exciting. People are happy. People are serious. People are celebratory. People are steady. People are excited. People are pushing the boundaries. People are applauding each other. People are applauding themselves. What does it feel like to work here? And I think that is where the real opportunity for your employer brand is. If you are trying to differentiate your company against any other company, look, there's a set of words that you can use to describe it, and chances are your competition is using half of them already. You're not special because you're dynamic. You're not special because you're making an impact. You're not special because you are uh, uh, very open to DNI ideas or your commitment to DNI or social responsibility or what purpose or what have you. That doesn't make you special. Every company thinks they're making an impact. Every company thinks they're being, you know, trying to do some level of good. Even Red Cross thinks it's trying to do some level of good. Goldman Sachs thinks it's trying to do some level of good. Are they both right? 
Well, it depends on how you define good, and it depends on how you look at them, but they both can make a case. And the fact that they both want to make a case suggests that perhaps saying that you want to do good is not enough. Because that's where the real failure of employer branding is, is that we don't push things far enough. We, because we're trying to capture a description of what it's like to work here because we are working within the political boundaries and, and compromises that what this is what leader will allow us the leadership will allow us to say or it feels good about saying and leadership doesn't get what employer brand is so they never want to say anything negative even though frankly saying something negative is actually better than being 100% positive because we all know no one believes 100% positivity anywho um, that there's so much opportunity if you start to use feeling language and feeling perception inside your employer brand. When What the hell does any of that mean? Okay, that's a great question. What the hell does any of that mean? And sometimes I have to stop myself and say, James, what the hell does any of that mean? And here, I, here's how I would answer that. The answer is when you say you are X, when you say you make an impact, great. On whom, for whom, by whom, how, quickly, slowly, um, via process, via innovation, via uh, collective agreement, collective understanding, via uh, individual achievement, how do you make an impact? What kind of impact are you making? For whom is that impact useful? You're just using the word impact as if somehow magically that's some sort of magic wand that you wave over your company and say, oh yeah, we're an impact place. So what? So is every used car place. The trick is, to the used car place, the impact goes to the salesperson and the owner who are trying to pull as much money out of your pockets as humanly possible, right? There you go. They can still call it impact because, hey, they make more money. That's really impactful to them. So that's the thing. The fact that you can use a word like impact doesn't mean that's actually useful. It doesn't mean you're actually describing anything of value. You're, you're telling a story. You're building a narrative. You're being useful. The fact that you can use a word like impact is simply a matter of you have a dictionary and a thesaurus and you used it. Congratulations. When you say you're a company that makes impact and you try to tell the story of it, the story itself is how you're leveraging emotion. It's how you're leveraging feelings, right? If you tell a story, you know, you've seen the bit where uh, 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 there's a story where someone had some uh, short clips of actors staring off in the middle distance and they interspersed that with different other pictures like food, an empty plate, or an old woman or a young woman, or, you know, these different things. And because you intersperse these things, people would say, oh, these actors are amazing. You can tell because... You know, when they're, when they're staring off in the middle of the distance, they're thinking about food. Why? Well, because there's, there's, you just saw an empty plate. And that says, ah, I'm trying to tell you what this person is trying to feel. But the truth is, that person is not thinking anything in particular. They're just staring off in the middle of the distance. They might be thinking about lunch, but they might also be thinking about um, anything. You know, where they're going to get lunch or where they're going to get their car fixed or where they're going to, you know, spend the, you know, where they're going for their birthday or whatever it is. But their, they, their task was to just stare off in the middle of the distance. And the fact that you can wrap that blank stare with other images created emotions. And that's what's amazing about how humans' brains work. We try to stitch together. We're looking for these narratives and stories and patterns to say, ah, I understand what this is about. So let's tie that back a little bit because I think I went a little bit far field. So this idea that you say you're all about impact means 
and I hate to be the one to tell you this, nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Anybody can say their impact. Literally, the words are free, right? No one's charging you to use the words. Just say, we make an impact. Our employees make an impact. Our, we make an impact on our employees' lives. We make an impact on our customers' lives. We make an impact on our investors' lives. Impact, 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 to the point where the word suddenly loses meaning, as it has to me quite some time ago. Okay, you used it. Congratulations. Does that mean you have an employer brand? Does that mean that's influenced the employer brand? Does that mean that's influenced the perception of how people see you? Okay, hold on. Let me be the one to tell you this one. Nope. Okay, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm bursting bubbles here. The fact that you say it doesn't mean anything. The fact that you say, and I've used this joke a lot, if I tell you I'm funny but you're not laughing, am I funny? If I tell you I'm not racist, but you think I might be racist, am I or am I not? Guess what? I must be because you think it, because of experiences, because of intonations, because of words I use, because of language choices, all sorts of reasons you might kind of put together patterns like this person's funny or this person's racist or this person is whatever. You create that pattern, that perception. That's your job as the perceiver to create the perception. As the person who's projecting all that out, I have influence over that perception. I can say funny jokes to make you laugh. I cannot tell racist jokes to make you think that I'm a racist. There's all sorts, you know, among the million other things there. But I can only do so much. In the end, you as the perceiver of all this information are creating that perception. I can give you more or less to try and influence it, but that's as far as I can go. One of the ways and powerful ways, probably the most powerful way I can really influence your sense of perception is to use narrative and story to create an emotional impact. If I talk about this amazingly this amazing story where it starts with hold my beer and I, you know, hey, you want to see me do something funny and you want to see this and this could be a thing, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of it, I can't believe it, the cop and I had a beer, right? There's the, you know, you do tell an amazing story. At the end, there's a kind of a huge payoff or, you know, you, you drop a line like, and that's how I, that's how I got into college, right? Like any <laughs> crazy ass story, you know, that just kind of weaves around. It isn't particularly funny, but if you drop a, and that's how I got into college and that's how I met my first wife and that's why I can never have kids or whatever that kind of payout, payoff punchline is, that's narrative. I created an emotion. I created suspense. I created an idea of what could he be doing? Why would he be doing this? Oh my God, that can't end well. And then it turns out it ends up perfectly or it ends up horribly, whatever, um, that's creating in you an emotion using narrative. And, and using narrative is probably the most effective way of creating that emotion. So when I think about employer brand and how people do it wrong, what I see are people telling me what their employer brand is without trying to think of how, what am I trying to make the reader feel? Other than perhaps believe these words I've just used, which is a pretty is a pretty crappy bar, is a pretty crappy set of expectations or a pretty crappy KPI. Um, you know, believe that these words are true. That's tough. Go look at any kind of marketing. Go look at any commercial. You know, go, yeah, whether it's the sham wow, the, the shammy people who want you to believe that if you use that, you can pretty much soak up a bathtub full of water in a, sh in a sheet the size of a washcloth or whatever the hell there is. They just want you to believe that it's magical. They just want you to think that there's something happening. And they got a guy who's going crazy and trying to explain this and he's using super emotional language and he's super, super animated. Wow, it's amazing. He's trying to make you feel amazed. He's trying to create an emotion. 
beer commercials with Clydesdales that are, are, are saving people or making people, old people and lonely people feel connected to the world. They're trying to use narrative to create an emotion to sell flipping crappy beer. Um, what? Uh, think of other things. Pizza companies. Um, they're trying to create laughter. They're trying to tell a joke. Like Little Caesars, for those of you in the States, all their commercials are the goofiest, stupidest, semi-punniest, but whatever kind of... They are the ultimate in dad joke level humor, right? They're trying to get you to feel amusement, i.e. feel emotion, so that you feel positive about their brand. That's really what it is. Because if you feel positive about the brand, maybe you'll buy an extra pizza now and then. And that's the win. So when you say you have a strong employer brand because you keep saying the same words over and over again, I'm going to go ahead and stop you and say, no, you don't. You don't have any kind of strong employer brand. What you have is a, a broadcast system that may be active, but nobody's listening or no one's believing or no one's internalizing or no one's considering it. It's not driving action, at which point I'd say you're doing a pretty crap job, right? The fact that you can say impact 7,000 times doesn't mean anybody believe working there creates impact for themselves or the impact that they care about. But you can create an emotion. You can say, look, hospitals are easy, so let's just do them right off the bat. And then, you know, the joke for, for me is always, and I, I talk to people who aren't in the hospital side, I say, look, you can't make your employer brand about how you save lives because if there's a hospital, there's brand is not about how they save lives, I want to meet that brand. If you can't reverse it and have it make any kind of sense, it doesn't exist. So you can't have a brand, a hospital brand that's all about, we care about saving lives more than other hospitals, less than other hospitals, the same as other hospitals, at which point I want to ask questions about differentiation. And of course, your brand is now pretty much worthless. But you can say, and I've seen this, I wish I could remember exactly where, but I've seen that a hospital trying to recruit nurses, what they did is they made an ad showing nurses' shoes. And let's be fair, nurses do nothing but stand and walk all day. So their shoes are pretty much toast. They're, they're flipping through them every month or so where, you know, I might buy a new pair of shoes every six or 12 months. They're buying shoes on a monthly basis uh, just because they wear through them because they, they are hard on their feet, right? They're very tough on them. That's the job. The the ad or the post, I can't remember, I think it was probably a post, uh, was literally just a pair of shoes, a pair of sneakers that had been worn down to nubs. They probably looked like I had owned them for years and years and years. And the caption below them was, I bought these shoes were new two weeks ago. That's the kind of work we do here. And to me, you're creating an emotional connection by trying to tell an untold story, right? You're kind of putting a thread of a narrative in there and you're allowing me to create my own narrative. You're allowing me to decide what that narrative is. And because you're not spelling it out and because the visual is so crystal clear and crystal obvious that needs no interpretation, the fact that you have a picture and just a handful of words like these shoes were new two weeks ago tells me everything. And it's not just telling me everything, it creates emotion. Wow, these nurses really care. Wow, these nurses work really hard. Wow, they're really hard. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. They are on their feet all day. Yes, of course they go through shoes pretty hard, pretty fast. I get it. Oh, this makes sense. And suddenly I have created an emotional connection to your brand Whereas telling me our nurses work really hard would, would have just rolled off my brain like water off a duck's back. Creating an emotion, creating a narrative, and by the way, those two things are the same, 
but focusing on what do you want people to feel is a positive element in your employer brand. It's a, it's, it's a very important and purposeful employer element of your employer brand. But at the same time, there's another way to use emotion to think through your employer brand challenges, and that is, what does it feel like to work here? Now this is, by focusing on what it feels like to work here, you're solving the challenge of uh, telling people what's it like to work here. Because what's it like is going to be different for a lot of different people, right? If you say, what's it like? It's, well, you're stuck at your desk all day, and but you get to write a lot of emails, and you get to make a lot of phone calls and video calls, and you talk to clients all day, and you get to solve their problems. Great. That is a true statement for an in-house sales rep, right? Or a customer support system, or a, a customer excellence, or customer, you know, one of those people who are there to make sure that the, the customers are getting the value out of the product. Is that what the developers do? Well, maybe they stare at code all day and they look at the computer, but are they spending all their time talking to clients? Are they spending all their time engaging with other people? Or are they generally heads down coding things? So suddenly, the way you've described the job for one person negates the job for another person. And that's pretty standard, right? If you try to get too, you know, we want to get granular, we want to get modular, we want to try and be as specific about what it's like to work here as to as many people as you can. But the truth is, you can only go so far. And frankly, the farther you go, the harder it is. You, can, you, you will be set, you're setting yourself up for a task where you're trying to create 7,000 employer brands, each for your different roles and different teams and whatnot. But if you try to create an employer brand that focuses on what does it feel like to work here, you're in a different boat. You're in a different kind of situation and potentially a much more interesting one. So for example, let's say you're talking about an airline and I say it because I just had to spend some time on an airplane um, and I got to do another trip in a week and gosh, any news out there about why it's not fun to travel lately? Anybody? Did I miss something in the news? No? Okay, cool. Not at all stressful. Um, but if you want to talk about an airline, okay, let's talk about the different roles. You've got obviously pilots. You've got obviously flight attendants. You've got obviously ground crew. You've got obviously the people who take your tickets and kind of manage stuff from the gate. You've got people who manage the IT systems to make sure that when you buy a seat, the seat is actually yours and you get to show up. The logistics people who are making sure, finding the most uh, uh, efficient models by which they make sure which are the routes we want to take and how do we move planes around, right? You've noticed that one thing where one plane, one pilot gets sick and the ripple effect is just brutal because, because they missed one flight, that flight, that's the, whatever the next leg of that flight was going to be, gets canceled and so on and so forth. And suddenly like, this one pilot got sick. How does it ruin 20 different flights? Because the ripple effect is, is so painful. Um, you've got leadership. You've got marketing. You've got... Um, I mean, more logistics in terms of things like how do you make sure every plane has all the Diet Coke it needs? How do you make sure every plane has all the little cookies that it needs? How do you make sure the cleaning crew is there and ready to go the second the plane disembarks so that you can turn that thing around faster? Because a five-minute turnaround time difference makes money, money, money for that airline. So many different kinds of jobs. So when you say, what's it feel like to work here? Even knowing that some of those roles might be outsourced to third parties, like cleaning crews, I'm pretty sure, based on the you know, last time I looked, they have different company names on the backs of their jackets. I think they're outsourced. But at the same time, what's it like to work there? Because the difference between just a pilot and a flight attendant and a gate crew is going to be radically different. 
But if you talk about what's it feel like to serve your customers, to be able to go from place to place, to meet new people, to engage with new people, to help people get to weddings and help people get to funerals and help people get to meetings and help people go on vacation and help people do all of these things, what does that feel like? Well, it's a kind of satisfaction. Now, there's a problem here because if I say, okay, they feel, pe people feel satisfied, well, that's not your employer brand. Correct, 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 correct. Because if I try to tell you, people, you know, what's it feel like to work here satisfied, that, that's, that's the worst example of what you could say because everybody would say, what are you talking about? You're full of crap. Anybody can say that. Just like impact, it's just a word. It doesn't mean anything. Correct. But if you as the employer branding person start to show how the pilot feels about working there, what it feels like to, to do the hours they have to put in and do the paperwork of what, why, you know, and, you know, that they need to do in order to do their jobs. Um, I can imagine that, you know, flying a plane is a lot more, more prep and paperwork than actually moving the joystick of the plane, whatever the, whatever that thing in the, 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 the stick, the, right, <laughs> the thing that turns the plane. I don't know much about planes. Um, Right, because mostly it's a you know you kind of set a heading, you hit your autopilot, and you kind of just keep an eye on stuff and make sure you make minor adjustments as weather changes or as situations change. But you're not holding the stick the whole time. That's you know this isn't the 1950s. Um, they do more work in paperwork. They do more work in prep work and checks and, and checklists to make sure everything is right and filling out paperwork after the fact. That's their job. But how does it make them feel? And if you realize that what they feel is feeling good about getting the job done, that they're doing it safely, that they're doing it on time, that they're achieving the goals that they set out for themselves, and they feel good about that. Okay, great. That's great. Tell that story. Now go tell the story of the flight attendant who at one point literally had to put the paddles on a passenger who was having a heart attack. Talk, tell the story of the flight attendant who... Um, Gosh, I don't know, you know, who, who feels good about making sure their passengers who are going through a painful process that is having to sit in a plane for hours at a time with other human beings get to breathe on them and touch them and, and push their seat backs right in front of them and, you know, all the other horrorness that is modern day travel and say, look, I'm trying to put a, as good a face on this as possible. I'm trying to make this as pleasant as humanly possible. That's my job. And how that makes me feel is satisfied. Huh. Interesting, you got the pilot telling a story, and how do they feel? How does it feel to work there? Satisfied, great. Pride and work and all that good stuff. How does it feel for a flight attendant? Well, satisfied. Oh, wow, you're creating parallel senses of what it's like to work there. Now, if you can do that for the gate crew, and you can do that for the ground crew, and you can do that for the logisticians, and you can do that for other teams, suddenly your employer brand starts to feel strong, and you start to say, okay, how does it feel to work at this airline? People here have a satisfaction doing a job well done. Now, let's say they're hiring a marketer and the employer brander never got around to doing that story for marketing. So the marketer who is applying for jobs and looking for jobs sees all these stories and none of them are about them, but they see a parallelism and an alignment of stories and what they're trying to tell and what does it feel like to work there. How likely is it that the marketer thinks to themselves, I bet this is a place where I could feel satisfied, even though you didn't tell them that. Isn't that interesting? Here is a story that you did not tell to an audience that you did not speak to, and suddenly they're creating exactly the emotion you want them to feel. 
because instead of trying to tell them one-on-one -on -one and create retail-level conversations of, this is what it's like to work here, this is how you're going to spend your day, this is why you like to work here, this is what your boss is going to be, which is great. That level of specificity is always really good and powerful and useful. But of course, in some companies, and companies of size, that's really hard to do. So what if instead of trying to tell people what it's like hour by hour, week by week, minute by minute, day by day, what it's like to work there, talk about what it feels like to work there. Because that emotion can connect and grab people that you didn't tell stories about. Isn't that really interesting? I think that's really interesting. So anyway, that's what I do for a living. I look at books and I read things and I listen to things and I go, that's interesting and I bring them to you. So there you go, my job is done. Um, yeah, so there you go. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for sharing, I appreciate it. As always, let me know if you have any questions, if you wanna challenge me or just ask questions or get clarification or maybe I made no sense. That's happened before. Uh, Twitter, the website, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. Otherwise, grab me for 15 minutes and ask me questions. I'd love to help. This has been an episode so of the TalentCast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with me, a couple of ways to do that. Obviously, there's Twitter, at The War for Talent. You can go to the podcast website at thetalentcast.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the news of this industry and what's going on, just go to employerbrand.news and sign up for the email newsletter with lots of news and links to other places. If you just want to connect with me on LinkedIn and just say hello or let's just talk, that's linkedin.com slash in slash the war for talent. Or I bet if you just search for James Ellis, I pop up pretty quick. Otherwise, if you have any questions, concerns, considerations, ideas for podcasts, holler at me, let me know what's going on. Thank you if you've shared it. Please share if you haven't. Rate us, review us. I love all that stuff. It really does help kind of keep the message going and get the message out there. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out.